0: Daf Mem page 47. Here we go. We, are at, we actually moved down yesterday. Uh, we got a nice way into today's dafur We're up to Mosiv Ravmari, which is a little less than halfway down on the Amud. al Mem Zion, Aleph. You'll see right in the middle of the line, it says Mosiv Rav Ravmari Rav Mari asked a challenging question. Let's just remind ourselves of the discussion. It's a fascinating discussion about doing Melacha on Yom Tif, that's going to lead into Shabbos. So yesterday we came out with a interesting machlaikas that we had expressed that when Yom Tif goes into Shabbos, really me mido so there's no problem. But the Rabbanon still said that you gotta make an to Tafshilin so that people don't start confusing Yom Tif that goes into Shabbos and a Yom Tif that goes into a standard weekday. Now we're gonna ask a question in general about is it really true that midday Raisa? There's no issue of cooking from Yom Tif to Shabbos. So here we go. Rasev, Musiv Rav Mari. Rav Mari asked a challenging question. Shtei halachem, eno nacholay zloepakas mishnayim. The shtei that are brought on must be eaten within two days of baking. al <speaking> shleisha. <in Hebrew> So they can't be eaten within two days and no longer than three days. Okay, it's not What's going on here? What's the case? Now, if I say if let's say the shtehalechem are made on erev shavuos, now lishnayin. So you're allowed to eat it on yomtiv, which is the second day. Okay, again, you don't need to wait two days. If let's say shavuos falls out on Thursday, so you're gonna bake the bread on Wednesday. And you can eat it on Thursday. That's day number two. That's what we mean, day number two. It doesn't mean two days later. It means the second day. If Shavuos falls out after Shabbos, the day after Shabbos, it falls out on Sunday. Then, when you eat it on Yom it's going to be the third day. Why? Because you obviously cannot be baking bread on Shabbos. So if Shavuos falls out on Sunday, what's going to be happening here is, if Shavuos falls out on Sunday, what's going to be happening here is, you must bake the bread on Friday. And now that I bake the bread on Friday, so Shabbos is going to be day number one. And Shavuos, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Friday is day number one of baking. Shabbos is considered day number two. And Sunday is going to be day number three. Now let's get to the question. amrit shabis Nasan and if it's Taka true, here's the whole point of our first step of Gemara. If it's Taka true, that on Yumtiv there's no issue whatsoever to to cook for Shabbos. yumtive, me and what's the Shaila of doing it on Yumtiv? The Meisa. Why are we saying that needs to be bathed the day before? Why a day before? Cook on Yom Tif, Yom Tif. It says the Gemara, Shiny Shte is different, the because the pasuk says, Lachem, it's got to be for you, Lachem Veloy, the which means when you only let it cook on yomtiv when it's something that is for Kla Yisrael to eat, but something that's, that is hectic, something that belongs to Gavaya, which belongs to the Kaihanim. You're not allowed to cook on Yom Tif for Yom Tif because you're only allowed to cook for you. You're not allowed to cook for Kaihanim. It says the Gemara, Reb Sheming Amliel Damar Mishum Rav Ben Asgan, according to Sheming who earlier quoted the Shem Ben Asgan, As Yom Tov, who holds that Shtei Alechem is Daiche Yom and it's not limited to baking for Klal You're even allowed to bake it on Yom Tif for Kaihanim. Ma'ikol Amemar. So, what are you going to say? We're back to our original question of why can't you bake on Yom Tiv for Yom He says, Gemara He holds, like the opinion of Abishol, the Omar who says from the Pasuk Lachem, it means Lachem, Lachem, but like the Nachrim, Lachem doesn't mean for you and not for the Kahanim, it means for you and not for the Gayim, which is a Allah which is a fascinating shiloh that comes up very often, right? What happens if somebody's trying to go through a conversion? And the Bezdin very often is going to tell a person that they should be experiencing every yomtiv. But the problem is, when it comes to yom tif, um, there are people who can't. Uh, really, you are not allowed to invite somebody who's not Jewish. Why? Because of this Gemara that the Torah tells us: yes, you could do a malacha, but only you are only allowed to do a malacha for somebody who um, who uh, is obligated in simchas yomtiv. Right? You could cook it for you for you who who are obligated to enjoy yomtiv. You're allowed to cook, but for somebody who's not obligated to keep Yom Tif a non-Jew, you're not allowed to cook. Hence, the Rabbana made a decree that uh, look, you, since you can't cook for non-Jews, so it's a problem to invite them because you you may come to invite them for Shabbos. There are ways around this. There needs to be ways around this. Otherwise, anybody who wants to convert, anybody who wants to Magayir, is going to be stuck. So this is not an uncommon uh, this is not an uncommon setting, and all the person needs to do is reach out to a local, competent Rav to see what's the proper method of inviting somebody going through the conversion process. Okay. Sholach le Acha le Rav sent a Shiloh to Rav Acha, the son of Rav Huna. on Is it really true? Now we're back to yesterday's daf. Govab. Now we're going back to the topic of Hail. Do we say Hail? Do we say that since it could have been a different setting... You can wiggle out of particular things. Let's go back to that discussion. Mary Gishmak, listen to this. He says, is this, is the rule of Hoyotaka true? Very interesting Mishnah. You can have a situation, is a good uh, trivia question. How is it possible when somebody plows one row in a field, And they end up transgressing with this one action of plowing the field. They end up transgressing eight laven in the Torah. How is such a thing, Shaykh? Says the Mishnah, I'll tell you. A A person plows with an ox and a donkey. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't plow with these two things. It's two different species. The There's another problem. You're not allowed to work Hektish. And they belong to hektish. That's problem number two. Uklai Bekareb. And you know what they're planting? Forbidden seeds. Mixtures, forbidden mixtures of seeds inside the field. That's problem number three. Let's turn to the base. Ushvies, and it's during the Shemitah year. That's problem number four. The Yomtiv. And you're plowing on Yomtiv. So it's, you get it? It's Shemitah on Yomtiv. So on and so forth, right? The, with, uh, with Klayim. The animals are Klayim. The field is Klayim. The koyin, And the guy is a Kohen, Bin Nazir, who has accepted upon himself Nazirus. abe Atoma. And he's plowing a cemetery. So you got all these original five transgressions plus add to the tab that the dude doing this is a Kayin. That's problem number six. He's not allowed to be in the cemetery. And he's a Nazir. If the rule of Hoyl is takatru since uh, we should not say that he's high of for these for all these Lavin. Why? Because we could say, since you can uh, take this earth and use it to cover over a Tzipar, a shechted bird, so it should be allowed. Okay. Now let's think about this. This is not that complicated, but we have to familiarize, familiarize ourselves with one particular halacha that will answer all this. And that is as follows. Anybody who shechts a species of bird or a kosher wild animal, i.e., a deer, a buffalo, bison. These things are kosher. If you shech them, you're obligated to do kisoi hadam. You have to take earth and cover up the blood. Now, if a person shechts a bird or a wild animal on Yamtif for Yamtif, is that allowed? Yeah. If you need chicken for lunch, you could shekht your chicken on Tov. What are you going to have to do? Kisori Adam. Here's the kasha. The logic of ho-will will tell me, one second, why are we saying you're obligating all these things? Why don't we say ho hey, since? You're allowed to pick up dirt from a field to do Kisui Hadam on Yom because it's a Yom need. Since that's a possibility, you shouldn't be Chayev on anything else. You shouldn't be Chayev on the plowing. It's not called plowing. It's called picking up dirt to cover up a, a bird. And since that's possible, Hayil Sensei, you could say such a thing. You shouldn't be chayav. Yet the Mishnah tells me you are chayiv. So you see, the whole rule of Chayel is out the window. Shmack. Omar Papa, Papa Bar Shmuel says, No. You're right. But I could wiggle out of your question. You know why? We're dealing with a type of soil that has so many pebbles in it that you're not allowed to cover the blood with it. I wrote the question. Says the Gemara, All right. You could break it down on Yom so That's what we're assuming right now. You can break down and turn it into dust that you can cover. Says the Gemara, no, you can't. you let us start grinding stones on Yomtiv. The Gemara says, Yeah, you could do it with a Shinoi. You could do it with a Shinoi. If you do something with a Shinoi, it's only Asr Midra And since only Asr Midra and Midra it's okay, we're back to why don't we allow. Ho say, ho, since biblically, you technically could be allowed to rip up this field to cover up the blood, so you're off the hook from everything else. Saguwara so says, Bitsunma. We're dealing with real stones. Real stones, real stones, you can't cover up the blood with stones so Gemara says, "You're plowing stones." Tsma barzria. That's called plowing. You, you take an ox and a donkey pulling a plow over a bunch of uh, a bunch of stones, cobblestone. That's called plowing, obviously not. So we're not dealing strictly with stones. So explains. Yeah, I'll tell you why you're plowing. Because the top is stones, but underneath that is dirt. Is dirt. So, so it's going to come out from here that you even if the top of stone at the bottom is is earth so why are you doing this whole process to get earth potentially Hayo would tell me potentially even to cover up the blood of the Eif or the chaya. and as long as you're going to have earth there which it, which would tech which possibly will say which possibly can be done to do kisai adam so we're back to our question. Why aren't we saying hut? Alamar Baravashi, rather, Mar Baravashi says, Betina, we're dealing with mud. Okay? Now the Mefarshim explain that when you cover up the blood of a wild animal and a bird, it needs to be dust. You're not allowed to cover it up with mud. So they're, they're plowing in mud. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? Betina Barzrihu? People don't plow uh, fields of mud. So the Gemara says... No, that, that there's a there's a consistency of mud where it is still it's still dirt, still called dirt. It's a drop wet, and when it's dirt and a drop wet, people will plow, and it's also fit for Kisuyadam. adam. doesn't have to be completely dry; it just can't be like a liquidy muddy substance. But something that's a drop muddy with a little bit of liquid, taka is still fit. For Kisoy Hadam. Period. So we have no kasha on this logic of Hay as of now. Says the Gemara, yes, I do. Listen to this. Ask a challenging question. A person who cooks a Gid Hanoshe in milk on Yomtif. Let me ask you a question. If I'm only allowed to cook on Yomtif for a Yomtif need, should I be allowed to cook treif? No. A get anosha is treif. A get anosha, again, I'm using that word loosely. It's obviously not what a treif word is. It's not kosher, right? You're not allowed to eat it. By the way, the word kosher means fit. Something's not kosher it means it's not proper. It's not fit, right? It's not kosher. It's not fit to be eaten. So, a person cooks a get anosha in milk on the so think of all the issues here, the and then he eats it. Listen to this, Gavaldi, like a chamish. Here's trivia question number two. How many slavin are you ever if you eat gitanoshe cooked in milk on yomtum? Says the Gemara. I'm sorry, says the Gemara, quoting the Brizer. Like a gibe First of all, you got malchus for cooking the Gid on Yom Tif, which is not allowed because you can only eat food that you're, you're only allowed to cook food that you can eat. So you, first of all, for cooking. Second of all, for eating, the Gid Anasheh. Third, Third of all, the Gid An-Nashe's part, it's fleshing. Yeah, it's not kosher fleshing because it's from an animal. So that's the problem number three. So first of all, cooking, the and eating, up to number four, like and now number five, you're also going to get Malchus for lighting the fire in the first place. The halacha is, you're not allowed to just randomly light fires on Yom you're allowed to light a fire, you're allowed to light a fire when it's meant for cooking. So, now that we said you get five sets of Malchus, but if the principle of Ayol is takatru, avharo leylechayev, you shouldn't be chaya for lighting a fire. You know why? Say ha'il, Since I could have lit it for kosher, Ha'il would tell me, ah, oh, you shouldn't get malchus for lighting your flame, for the get milk mixture, because I could have lit this flame. Since I could have lit this flame for a proper purpose, I wouldn't have been chaya. So you see, ha'il doesn't exist. the He says back to him, apik avara. You're right. The fifth one has nothing to do with lighting flames. You're off the hook because of a hill. What's the fifth, um, avera? it is that the Giranosha did not come from a properly shechted animal, the Giranosha came from a Nevela animal. So that was the last transgression involved, says the Gemara. Is can that be the case for Tani Rabkia? Rabkia taught us like in Shtayam a person gets two sets of Malchus for eating the Gidah Nasheh, v'shalay shal and three sets for cooking, um, for cooking the Giran yeah, because what are the three, what are the three for cooking? So Rashi counts them for us. Rashi says the first two is, first of all, the eating is the achila, right? So you ate Gidah and, and you ate baser That was two. And on the cooking, first of all, you turned on a flame. Second of all, you're cooking something that's not fit for Yamtif. And third of all, you're cooking baser So you got two for the eating, and three aviris, on the cooking. The E-Isa. And if it's taka true. That we're dealing with giranosha of nevela It shouldn't say only Chayiv 2. Where you're Chayiv for a and Bas But just say you're Chayiv 3. Because you also ate from a nevela. When we count 5. We should start counting 6. So Gemara says. Rather remove the Isser of Havara. Lighting the fire. You're right. That can't. But instead of putting in the iser of Gerenosha of Nevela, we're putting in the iser that the wood that you threw into the fire in the first place was muktsa. Okay, If the wood's not set aside for Yamtif, it's muktzah. you're not allowed to move it. And you're going to get Malchus for the muktzah. Now, why don't you say hayo? Because hayo doesn't apply anymore. You, you can't say, oh, since the wood would have been allowed. No. Since it was muktzah for everything, there's no rule of hayo. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? Muktzah is a dindrabbana. We know that from is is dindrabbana. Straight up. You don't get malchus for a dindarabana. You don't get Malchus for transgressing something rabbinical. Is Mukza Daraisa? What are you talking about? Amr he says back to him And on the sixth day, on the sixth day, you will prepare everything that needs to be brought. This is referring to when the man fell down in the in the midbar. So we know that a double amount came down on Friday and we were told to bring into our tents and to cook, prepare before Shabbos, anything that we're going to need for Shabbos. And there's Azhara from it says, that you shouldn't do, uh, you shouldn't do any malachas. So you see that the Torah is hinting that you got to prepare that which you are going to bring in. And it must be that if you didn't, we're going to deduce, if you didn't prepare it, then it's a problem of muktzah. So we see that muktzah is sourced biblically. Omar, le, says back then, no, 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 no. I don't like that answer. The but atu the amrit. You're the one who said the following. Bo imine You said I asked Ravchista. In other words, Raba asked Ravchista. Va'amri lo, bo imine And some say that you asked Ravuna. And what did you say? What happens if on Yumtif you bring an animal that came from a faraway place so it wasn't prepared before Yumtif? What happens? Um, we're dealing with a carbon. So what happens? Are they allowed to use this animal as a carbon on Yumtif when it wasn't around initially? Okay, now what's the problem here? What, the problem is as follows. If we're pointing out that this animal was not around, what difference does it make if it is around or not around? I'll tell you the difference. If it's around, it's not muksa, It's prepared. If it's around, it's prepared. If it's not around, you have a mukza issue. So this is the shayla you asked either to Ravchista or Ravuna. And you said, and you said that the answer was Am- uh, sev ba- sev that you got to bring a sheep, and not a bichar. Okay, that uh, a, a se um, means that it doesn't need to be specifically male. It could be male or female. While a needs to specifically uh, be a male. Achas veloy meiser needs to be one animal. Means it's not set aside for meiser. You can't bring an animal that's set aside for meiser as a different type of carbon. Menat zain. And it has to be from cattle, and it can't be a palgus. Um, now, a palgus is a, uh, Rashi says, is a sheep that's 13 months old. Uh, the reason why the 13-month-old sheep is a problem is because there are some, some different carbonists are obligated to be of a certain age. If, it needs to, if it's a ben shana, that means it needs to be within its first year of life. Once it hits its 13th month, it's now left its first year of life. Okay? Min mosayim And it has to be 1 out of 200. Okay? This is referring to the, to the wine pourings, that you have to at least leave 200 parts of the wine behind. Me my we're just explaining what type of carbon, uh, what the parameters of the umptive carbon. And there has to be 200 parts that, le- that are left in the barrels. Okay, that's what we said. Which we're also learning out that, the, that Arla, something in the first three years of growth, is not bottle b'shishim, it's not bottle b'meya, it's only bottle in 200. It needs to be from the drinks of a Yisrael. Means that it has to be from a, a Jewish What Does that mean a Jewish party? It you're not allowed to bring wine from Tevel. It has to be something that a Yid took Meiser from, and the wine can't have any Tevel on it. Now let's focus on this halacha for a moment. I might think that you're not allowed to bring from a, uh, anything that's a Moksa. On yomtiv yomtiv Amrit, but we're going to say, no. Just like Tevel is unique. That it has an iser gufai. You can't use tevel on the mizbeach. Right? There's something wrong with it. It's not a kosher uh, product right now. Avkosh, yisurei gufa garamla. So too, anything that has an, an, uh, an intrinsic problem is not allowed to be used as a carbon Yatso muktso, which excludes muktso, which doesn't have an intrinsic problem. Shaini suray gufai garamla. It's not an intrinsic problem with the muktso. What's the whole problem with the when the animal's coming from far away or so on and so forth? There's a separate problem. It's a separate issue. What's the separate issue? A muqsadika issue. That you didn't set it aside. But it's, there's no intrinsic issue in the body and the makeup of the actual carbon. Now let's get to our question. Why are we quoting all these halakhas? V. Isra But according to you. That Mukta is the Oiraisa, Mali Mali What's the difference if it's an intrinsic Iser? What's the difference if it's an outside Iser? Either way, it's User Mi Why should it make a difference as to the characteristics of the Iser? If it's a biblical transgression, it's a, it's a biblical transgression. Finished. And furthermore, let's get another Kasha. Ha'atu de Amri, you're the one who said, Chilak Melaches the Shabbos, that there is a difference between different types of Melaches on Shabbos, ve'ain Chilak Melaches the Yomtif, but there's no difference between different Melaches on Yomtif. Now, Rashi, explain what I mean there's a difference. You're high of multiple sets on, of, of, of malchus for doing one Melaches on Shabbos, but you're not high of multiple sets of malchus for doing. Uh, one malacha that ends up overlapping several uh, different isurim when it comes to yomtif. So, how's it ever possible to allow muktzah, even if it is Dairisa, to add on sets of sets of malchus? You're not even going to get extra sets of malchus. Says the Gemara. Okay, fine. After all that discussion, all that discussion, you're right. The, f- the fifth, Malchus, is not from lighting the fire. Rather, is that you used wood of Atzi Asherah, and the Torah tells me, anything that belongs to like the Zara, anything that's been separated and put in here, you're not allowed to come close to use it. why don't we also give, if we're done with an Atzi Asherah, why don't we add on another set of malchus where you now let her bring such a thing into your home? So now you get a sixth set of malchus. Ella, you're right. So that can't be the case either of the fifth set because then you'd get six. So Ella, apikavara Yeah, remove the iser of malacha and don't include the wood of atzei Rather, you use the wood of haktish. Right? It's meila. You used haktish wood. And the Torah gives a love in the Torah of using hektish wood from here. You burn the Asherah trees. You're not allowed to burn wood that belongs to the Rabbanu Yeah, and therefore, now that you went ahead and used the wood to be the source of fire for you to cook all your isurim on Yom Tif, that's why you're going to get the fifth set of malchus. And we will hold it here for today. So only 8 o'clock. We only did a half-hour shear, but I think it's Kedai. We'll hold it here. We're already up to uh, tomorrow's daf. And uh, we'll pick up from Omar Rami Barchama. We are um, about uh, 10 lines down in the wide lines on 48A Memcha Samaralaf.